0: Back to another episode of the Ohio Outdoors Podcast. Uh, oh Gosh, I'm flying solo tonight. Months is uh, under the weather a little bit, so uh, I'm actually on location. I'm here at the the uh, that's where I at? The beautiful Mohican Lodge here in Richland County uh, for an event. Really, really enjoying my time up here. Went to, uh, took a tour of Malabar Farms today. If you've never been to that place, really neat. Uh, the home of Louis Bromfield, uh, conservationist, really instrumental uh, in, in a lot of modern agriculture and conservation practices. His, his home, farm homestead here, uh, here in Richmond County, Malabar Farms, really neat. If you haven't been there, like I said, get there, bring the family, check it out. Pretty, pretty cool place. So, lot, uh, lot going on in today's episode. We are talking all things fall, wild turkey hunting. I'm just kidding don't hit stop we're talking all about those freaking four-legged animals that everyone seems to love so much the white-tailed deer here in the wonderful buckeye state so we've got uh mike tonkovich on front of the program uh for for another visit with uh with andrew and i giving you guys an update on ohio's deer herd some some good news some some indifferent news some bad news always a good time with uh with mr with mr tonkovich so stay tuned for that so a couple a couple things here real quick let's dive into the uh to the news i'll i'll do this obviously since andrew's not here today but this is just a a a crazy story um coming out of cincinnati you guys can check this out on the odnr's website turtle trafficking okay first off didn't know that was a thing turtle trafficking suspect indicted for assault of wildlife officer dangerous job we uh we want everyone in, in our law enforcement careers to be safe. But um, an individual suspected of trafficking red-eared ear slider turtles in Cincinnati and striking a state wildlife officer with his vehicle was recently indicted in Hamilton County by a grand jury, according to the Ohio Department of Natural Resources. Uh, so Officer Brad Turner, uh, assigned to Preble County, received a turn in a poacher tip uh, report regarding turtles being sold in Cincinnati. Officer Turner... Uh, and state wildlife officer Andrew Dawdell, assigned to Butler County, responded to the location. They found two men sailing red eared slider turtles without the required propagation permit. So, uh, one of the suspects during the encounter, Alonzo Oliver Tucker of uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, uh, fled. Fled in his vehicle, striking Officer Turner as the accelerated. Officer Turner was treated at the Christ Hospital and released the same evening. So, good news there The Officer Turner was. Uh, was I'm sure shaken up, uh, and, and a little, a little, man, <laughs> what a scary, what a scary moment that must have been. So officer turned to heel up. Thanks for your service. Um, so the officer sees more than 100 red-eared sliders. An investigation into Ohio wildlife uh, violations for both suspects uh, is pending. So. Always, always something going on in the world of wildlife uh, regulation. So another, another neat story for, for those folks in Central Ohio. Uh, ODNR celebrates its first completed H two Ohio project in Franklin County, uh, as part of Governor Dewine's H two Ohio initiative that's been going on ongoing for a couple of years. Uh, the Walnut Creek treatment wetland restoration. Uh, is the first funded and completed project uh, in Franklin County. So congratulations to everyone involved with that project. So let's see here. We are, how many days? Where's my calendar? See, months is, normally has, has all this stuff pulled up. So today, when you guys are listening to this, is going to be the 21st. So we're just 10 days. 10 days. Let's stay wide open. Statewide archery whitetail season. So, I know you guys are chomping at the bit, uh, looking forward to that season. Um, Andrew and I went uh, went up to the DSA. We hunted a little piece of public public track uh, in in those those counties. And if you if you haven't been paying attention to the regulations or listening to the show, the DSA the disease surveillance area is the uh, locations in Marion, Wyandotte, and Hardin County, both public and private, uh, grounds up there. That uh, there's been some issues with CWD, some positive tests, and we'll talk about that with uh, with with Tonk here uh, in, in a little bit. But so the state has opened up the hunting, the archery season opened up on September 10th. So months and I went up there, went uh, on a Friday night, did a little bow hunting. Uh, about I don't know six minutes into the bow hunt, I realized that it was hot. Uh, way too hot for a freaking archery hunt. And I was, I was hating on deer hunting already. Just hating on it. Why am I here? I hate it. I did have fun. I had a lot of fun. Got up, climbed up, uh, up the tree. Got that out of the way for the first time for the year. Worked all the kinks out before, uh, before the big season hit. So, uh, I'll tell you what, that Timber Ninja saddle was legit. It took me a little fooling around with it to to get it dialed in uh where where i was super comfortable and i'm gonna be honest it was like sitting in a freaking hammock so check those guys out timber ninja outdoors use the code ohio ohio uh you can just sell some free shipping when you check that out so since we're talking about timber ninja uh last week we had our 100th episode thanks to everyone for listening to the show we've said that a million times we'll never stop saying it so we did a little giveaway our sponsors of the show really came through uh, for us, and, and 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 tried to you know help us do something nice for the listeners of this program. So, so thanks to Timber Ninja, thanks to X Vision, Half Rack, Go Wild, uh, and Blackgate for supplying us with those free things, uh, some really neat gifts. So you, a lot of you guys followed the rules, liked the post, did the things. Uh, so we've got the giveaway. So drum roll, uh, if you will, Andrew wherever you're at so number one here johnny schwartz you get the timber ninja outdoors package brandon keller you get the x-vision rangefinder package pat gallant you get the half wrap meat lug well, that thing's pretty sweet uh tyler smith the go wild gift card uh brandon hines you get the black gate hunting products trail camera so thanks to those guys uh for 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 getting those out so johnny schwartz brandon keller pat gallant tyler smith brandon hines we will be in touch. Thanks so much for, for listening to the show and, and all the support uh, from, from you guys. And, and uh, man, enjoy that stuff. I'll tell you what, that half wrap meat lug is legit. Right now it's full of beer at my house. So pretty pretty neat stuff there. So the giveaway, that was a lot of fun. Thanks again uh, for participating in that. So I, I don't want to belabor this point, man. I, I, I miss Andrew. I miss turkey season uh deer season starting but what else do you want from me right tonk's the real star of this show today so thank you uh for sticking around listening to this and and, and thank you to tonk for for your time and, and all of your support uh over the years for uh the deer hunters uh in the state and for the wildlife of, uh, in the state so thanks so much uh again for listening to the show uh we'll be back hopefully full strength next week talk to you guys
1: But anywho, deer season is right around the corner, right? So we are, uh, we're on that precipice of, in some areas already open in the DSA. So we just want to cover some of that kind of stuff and get, get an update, kind of get everybody jazzed, ready to go, uh, make sure that we're on the same page when it comes to any new guidelines and and stuff like that. So I guess my first question, Mike is, is leading into this year. What, what's your overall status of the herd health in, in the state of Ohio?
2: That's a, that's a, that's a great place to start. Um, so, so two things. Well, when we, I guess, we'll specify. when We're talking about herd health. We're we're not talking about necessarily condition. But I think you're. I think Andrew, what you're getting at is, you know, are we dealing? What do we know about EHD and, and CWD? Um, not so much. You know, what's reproduct? What are reproductive rates and fawns per doe? That kind of stuff. Um, strong, strong there, of course. But um, I'm reluctant to have this conversation, um, but we'll have it anyway. Um, thus far, we have yet. To confirm hemorrhagic disease in the same state that we confirmed 47 counties last year, um, it, it's last year was bizarre. This year is even more so. Um, how we go from 47 counties, mile wide, inch deep, uh, uh, in hemorrhagic disease, um, and and this year we've we've tested one deer from Claremont County, it was not detected, and uh, we've got one going either today or tomorrow um, that um, we'll test. And I, I don't know, of course, I have no way of knowing what that's going to turn up, but that is it. That, I mean, that that's that's it. This time last year, we probably would have confirmed um, two dozen samples by now. Um, so I have no idea what to make of that. You know, weather's a component. Um, and, and last year, I will mention, I, I don't know, we probably had this conversation last year, but last year was... Um, uh, part of the fifth, five-year cycle um you know it, it goes back to seven uh 2007 12 add do the math 22 was was you know was that fifth year so i don't know it's it, it's becoming um it, I, I guess evidence is building that there may be something to that five-year cycle of of you know rather extensive outbreaks uh and severity of of outbreaks so right now we're quiet and i think folks are are probably enjoying that but uh, i mean we haven't heard a peep Uh, Just not not a peep.
1: Well, and that's very interesting. So, my job, we deal with life cycles of insects um, and how it affects plants and different things like that. Yeah. A five year cycle sounds perfectly acceptable to me. It makes a whole lot more sense than than just having, oh, it's a dry condition. Well, every summer, and the summer gets dry. September is dry. Like, that's just what happens. We got rain here yesterday for the first time in like two weeks. And, yeah. Then, but you don't yeah. have it. So I don't know. Um, the whole life cycle idea
2: makes a whole lot more sense to me and how something like that could be spread. Well, the, the challenge Clint, Clint yesterday said, you know, talk, I'd love to sit down with the experts. And I, I said, well, I can give you his number. I said, um, but I'm, I i do not think he's going to tell you anything more than I can tell you because we know what we know. Mark Reuter, Dr. Mark Reuter at the, at the Southeast Cooperative Wildlife Disease Study Lab uh, there in Athens, Georgia, uh probably one of the foremost authorities on the subject and um you know there's just there's a lot that we don't know and part of the reason is that this is not a livestock issue and and i mean no disrespect or disregarding you know uh anyone but but there's not a lot of money that has been thrown at ehd simply because it it's generally you know cattle are generally asymptomatic they may show some flu-like symptoms or some cold-like symptoms but but typically hemorrhagic disease is not an issue for livestock but but Interesting that you mentioned the weather because I I, I don't know and forgive me if I if I'm repeating myself but um, one of the things that the folks in West Virginia they they have been working collaboratively for for a number of years with with the, the lab at at uh, UGA and and I think some of the thinking now is is not so much um, is not so much the uh, the drought as it is the timing of when the water shows up so think about this remember for for, for everybody that needs to get caught up on their HD um, it, it's, it's all about a collision course between, you know, the, the deer being in places where the midge breeds, right. Those, those exposed mud flats in the late summer, you know, think of your, your classic farm pond in, in late August, you know, the, there's like six feet of mud and, and two inches of water. Right. And, and that's where the deer are going because typically they're getting their water, you know, from, from the vegetation, they don't need a source of standing water, but so the deer are going there the midges are breeding there, you know, just, just a you know, classic case of wrong place, wrong time. Well, so, so that's midge habitat. We got to have midge habitat to have midges, right? So, so they're beginning to think that these, these, these early summer rains um, that they, they may actually set the stage or set the tone for maybe more severe outbreaks in the summer, because think about what those early, early spring, early summer rains are doing. They're, they're creating temporary habitat you know we've got a lot of standing water that as the season progresses all of a sudden what you know what was dry grass is now flooded and and that that dry so it it may be creating if you will they're thinking is that maybe it's creating some midge habitat and opportunities for more places for deer to be exposed so that because last year was it was an oddball as soon as they saw that you know the, the numbers people were like well we've had a ton of rain this summer we've had a ton of rain in my county my grass is still green i'm complaining about mowing and and so that's where we start backpedaling and thinking about, OK, let's go back to what was happening in June. You know, we created lots of, you know, we created lots of habitat, uh, midge habitat with all this standing water. And now this, you know, the ephemeral pools, think about the classic ephemeral pool, you know, that, that is there for the summer and disappears. So anyway, it, it's good, bad or otherwise. I don't know that we'll know for sure why it comes and goes, but um, we that gives us something, I guess, to throw a bunch of theories at. Well, and Mike, I, I think we could geek out on
1: trying to figure out Mother Nature all day long because uh, that's kind of <laughs> when I went to school exactly. some of the stuff that you know I was trying to, to do. Uh, but it sounds like a great uh, master's thesis or PhD project for an entomology wildlife student. So maybe somebody yeah. out there can start going down that path.
2: Figuring it out.
1: As yeah. far as the herd numbers and stuff, did we see any major decline from last year's EHD uh, outbreak or... I know some some of the counties I was looking at the updates here in the book um, the changing counties Belmont Butler Gallia Jaga Harrison, Jefferson, Monroe counties were different as far as what they can take this year versus last year did you guys have any anything like that along along those lines where you changed things?
2: So Hawking uh, and, and, and um, it was a Butler county Hawking Hawking uh, for sure in and, and, and one Southwest county we, we bumped the bag down okay i think it was butler it's either butler or preble looks like butler, butler i think yeah and um interestingly enough you know when 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 clinton i um sat down and looked at the data last year um while there was a rather even at, even in butler county i believe it was and 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 i'm not going to try and remember the exact percentage change but interestingly enough while we saw a, a fairly sizable decrease in the buck uh buck harvest in in um, um that county we we didn't see in fact, there may have been a slight uptick in the antlerless harvest um, in that county. So, so the buck harvest seemed to be impacted, but the antlerless harvest didn't show much of it, much of a change at all. In fact, it may have ticked up just a tiny bit. So, the long and short of it is, um, I would say more than anything, it was a preventative, you know, uh, just a um, let's be sure type of move uh, with Hawking and, and Butler County. But, but that's the extent of it. Um, you know, in those counties, we may see this year. You know, things may be. It may have because what happens oftentimes is um, people, um, choose not to harvest rather than, you know, uh, have no opportunity to harvest. They choose not to harvest. So we may see that bounce back this year in those counties. So we'll watch, we'll watch for that. But by and large, I think the only county that we ever had any, um, significant impact would have been Jefferson back, you know, in, in 2017, I believe it was. And, and we did, it was clear that some attention needed there. So, so Hawking and, and Butler, the only two counties that we adjusted downward as, as a response to, Potential impacts on hemorrhagic disease.
1: Gotcha. One more question on the the numbers and and this kind of stuff, and we'll get into some of the other topics. But I was listening to a show the other day. I think Kip Adams was on there from the National Deer. Is it Alliance Association? Association. Okay. Um. And yeah. yeah I,
2: I pause every time
1: I get to that. The A two. <laughs> and uh, you know his his basically his general overall um, comment was we have too many deer. In the country, and now he's looking from a, a, a you know national perspective. Uh, we've, I think, Mike, this will be show number one hundred and one. Okay, so we just passed our century mark. Since nice. the the first show we did with you, you've been telling us that you know we have a lot of deer in the state of Ohio. We need to take more deer. Last year, we're coming off of a pretty good increase, right? I think we took more deer last year than we have the last yep. previous few years. Yep. Are you still in that kind of mindset that we could? take more deer this year? Or are we, is Ohio nationally, we might need to take more deer Is Ohio more
2: leveled out or where, where are you at on that, that mindset? A great question. And it's, it's, uh, we've, we've not changed, uh, our thoughts. Uh, I, just to back up as a tiny bit last year, I, I, you know, I, I'm sure you guys, um, were not paying close attention cause it, it snuck up on me. So I wouldn't be surprised if you didn't know this, but last year we, uh, at 40, b- 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 44, 47 counties, uh, set record buck harvest, like the highest buck harvest ever. Right, uh, forty-seven counties, um, and and that 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 just it just snuck up on us, uh, not knowing that we were you know we were we were approaching that. We killed two hundred ten thousand deer, but you know we 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 also set record harvest in in more than half or at least half of our counties, and I expect that that's going to go up. We'll see other counties added to that list this year. So, nothing has changed um, without um, a significant. Um, intervention if you will in, in terms of how we manage deer and I'm not sure that that's going to to, to uh, alleviate I think I, I think a word that you'll hear more and more is is, is harvest saturation. I think uh, that's that's a term that uh, you, you should be familiar with I think that's where we're at in most states. I think we're there in Ohio. I don't know if if creative regulations I have no shortage of those but I don't know that creative regulations will will, will crack that nut and allow us to get more deer. You guys remember that the, the key, in many situations, is, is is and we found this out back to, in, in you know a decade ago. Is it's not so much getting folks to kill six deer every hundred to kill six deer. Uh, it's it's really about um, uh, a grassroots effort to shift the composition of the harvest from 55 percent antlers, which is about where we are at, to like 65 percent antlers. That's where success will come. Is is not so much killing a lot more deer, but shooting a lot fewer bucks and shooting a lot more antlerless deer, which includes does. So, sum that up. We're right there with the rest of the country, um, and, and we're hearing that, we're seeing that. Um, you know, um, Cambridge yesterday. I'm getting calls from Cambridge. What are we going to do about the deer? Athens City Council calling us. What are we going to do about a feeding ban in the city, um, to you know uh, address the deer issue? So, uh, the challenge, of course, is uh, the, the the unfortunate news is those those two places I mentioned very difficult to get hunters into. So, not only do we have um, growing deer numbers. In areas where we can access uh the deer population i.e via via hunting um we're seeing some significant upticks in, in areas uh, where we don't really and i i call that um you know our manageable um or inaccessible deer herd and that seems that, that that herd is getting larger every year or that portion of the state that's inaccessible to hunters and part of that inaccessibility is is is, is not only uh the fact that it's a it's an urban area but you know we're, we're we continue to see upticks in in leasing and, and people buying land, you know, exclusively for, for hunting and outdoor recreational purposes. So that's that's limiting the number of deer. And then on top of that, I think it's a natural progression. Folks are are losing, you know, there's still plenty of people that want to kill a deer and put a deer in the freezer, but not six. Um, nationally, that number is, is about 1.3 and moving off of that needle, it, it's, it's, it may be, it may be impossible. I'm not here to, I'm not giving up yet though. I, again, I, I say we've got Clinton. I will meet with uh, uh, Mike Reynolds and our assistant chief, Todd Haynes next week. And we'll talk about um, um, some other ideas, but we've got to break out of, you know, the bag limits and the additional seasons and adding days, those days are over. Um, it's going to have to be something different. And I, and I think there's some evidence that some, some of these things, as crazy as it may seem, that's, that's the challenge of course, is getting folks on board with Wait a second, you're going to shorten the season and you want me to kill more deer? Yeah, uh, yeah. That's exactly what we want to do. And and it will work. Um, we know that when you know, with lots of deer and long seasons, that simply encourages procrastination. We're we're all procrastinators, I think, by nature. Some of us like to get things done ahead of time, but those few those folks are few and far between. So anyway, sum that up. Yes, we are we are still dealing with growing deer numbers and, and finding creative ways to deal with them. If
0: is there any any interest in in, in like I, I I guess adjusting the one antler list deer on public
2: hunting ground yeah. in the state? Well, if so we talk about, where we're where we're, we talked about that just this morning, as a matter of fact, and we, we'll talk about that next week. Uh, the the, the um, on paper it looks good, but but the reality is this: uh, a fraction of people will kill two antlers deer on public land, um, and, and so it it may. Be warm and fuzzy, but in terms of impact, minor. Yeah, but that's so a great you, question because there, there yeah. are those people. You know, I kill one at Salt Fork. You're telling me I can't go up to you know a public land in Anastasia County and kill another one. It, yeah. So it, it, it's uh, it's perception, but but the reality is um, the, the heavy hitter in those public land regulations was no deer after you know this date. Um, that was the heavy hitter because 20% of our antlers harvest came after the gun season. So. We were protecting a lot of antlered deer with that regulation by putting that, you know, removing that restriction. I should say, that opened the floodgates back up. The single antlered deer, it's more of a, a nuisance than it is, um, uh, you know, a, a um, uh, something to, to severely limit the harvest. Sure, you you
0: made the, the statement hunter or harvest saturation. So that's yeah. that's just that that basically stems from we're not going to bring any you know, enough new hunters into, into the sport, or it's just people like to kill
2: the 1.3 deer and that's it. Yeah. You know, I I think what's happening there. No, not speaking at all, really. uh, Paul, I think that's a, that's a great point. I'm I'm glad you clarified that, but no, I'm not speaking at all to not bringing in new hunters, but um, you know, that, that's, I think that's, that's a whole nother show in and of itself. Right. Um, But I think that the point is, is that, people are, are, um, are killing as many deer as, uh, as they want to kill. And, and our hunter numbers, even though we're adding folks, they're, they're, they're sinking faster than, the, you know, they're not keeping up with the pace at which the deer population is growing. So the people that we have on the land, even though we're adding folks, you know, we're not replacing ourselves, we're still shrinking. Our hunter, hunter population is shrinking and the folks that are left um, are, are fine with killing the 1.3 deer that they're killing. Um, and and that's, that's the struggle. Yeah, but on that sorry Mike I had to take
1: uh text there real quick but we had record buck harvest in 40 some counties is that what you said and yep
2: so, uh, let me here let me just check real quick I got that actually I'm gonna make I guess my question is why out. why
1: are we having that if if all we hear about is numbers going down and every you know it, guys just selective and, and doing you know taking taking certain deer or are they coming from out of state?
2: Uh, so, so, so
1: why, how are we setting record harvests? Did not you say there was record buck harvests? Yeah, and... Yes, there were record buck harvests. Yeah. Yep. And, well, and if I, it's I... interesting
2: also, Andrew, to add to that is that those are, we're, we're killing more mature bucks than we've ever ha- before in the history of Ohio. Right. I mean, it's, it, so there's, there's, it's called, I can pick and choose and decide which deer I want to kill because there are that many choices. Okay. Yep. So we're the, the thing that we struggled. We took a we took a nosedive with uh, with the percent of our harvest being analyst deer, and we cannot we haven't been able to dig ourselves back out. Even with going in 2020, I believe it was, we went statewide with the uh, the deer management permits being valid in across the entire state. We saw a minor uptick last year in antlers proportion, but we're still well below you know the 60 percent mark. Uh, we're we're well below the point where um, we and we expect the deer herd to grow 60% is that magic, you know, 60% our steers is that magic mark. And it, that, doesn't even guarantee uh status quo. Um, it, it's, it still could be, you know, we could still see some growth at 60%, but we're, we're still well below that. It, it's just yeah. that folks are, are really ha- enjoying the opportunities to kill mature bucks, but that's going to run dry. If we continue to, uh, you know, if we continue to enjoy that and not, not address, you know, keep the house in order, if you will. You you said something. You know, we need to try
0: something different as an agency. I guess as, as hunters. We need to try something different. To what what are some things that other states have have done that that are have been successful? Or you know, you, you talk to your colleagues across the country. Is there? I mean, is there anything that
2: I'm riding solo here? Paul, this is this is Mike Tonkovich' brain working overtime, right? Good. This is the, this is as this is as far outside the box as you can get. It's it's so non-traditional that no, there there are no other states really are are, are exploring these kinds of things. Which is probably a good reason why we're not. But but here, think about this. Um, what I'm thinking about, just as a as a couple things, and this 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 involves thinking about how you guys how you guys think and how you guys act as hunters, right? There's there are a couple times a year where this is just one instance a couple times a year where you guys are really super excited about harvesting stuff at the start of the season and as the season winds down you know you, you know you've got x number of days left and so you're you're going to be very aggressive right that mid mid section those three and a half months in between kind of a lull right' you're, you're 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 focusing more on getting that pole barn cleaned and getting the the furnace fixed and so on and so forth but early and late so so it makes sense to me and in, in, in my simple mind that Rather than having a season that runs four and a half months, um, which I think is is much too long, um, just simply because it it it, it breeds procrastination. Um, but but end the season with a, a season where you have a firearm in your hand rather than a bow, right? So so we make we make the last season the, the season Ohio season ends. This is my in my fairy fairy tale world, right? The Ohio season ends with with muzzleloader season. And that muzzleloader season is no longer a muzzleloader season. It's any firearms, right? So you don't know. You Think about this. Eight out of 10 guys that go in the woods, guys and gals that go in the woods this year are going to buy it, are going to hunt with archery tackle. So many of these people are still hunting that muzzleloader season knowing I've got three and a half weeks left. And I know for a fact, I've talked to them. I, guys are guilty. Guys and gals, you guys may be, I got three and a half weeks. I'm going to focus. I'm going to use this muzzleloader season to focus on that buck that I still haven't gotten, Right. So if this if you knew the season ended with the muzzleloader season there's no more there's no more insurance policy right there's no safety net right there's no more waiting and that's we 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 saw that this was this was this was concreted casting concrete if you will back uh, in 2007 2008 when we when we experimented with the $15 antlers permit and limited hunters to the first 8 weeks of the season that that was that solidified my thoughts about procrastination and, and waiting and, and so on and so forth. So that that's just one example. Okay, so you want me to kill more deer, but you're going to take off three and a half weeks of the season. Absolutely, that's what I'm that's what I'm proposing. Um, so, in a nutshell, you know, uh, in a nutshell, what what I'm thinking, and, and we've got to we've got we've got to have serious conversations about this 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 one buck rule we've got to find incentives, right? I mean, we we've we we have to have that conversation, right? We've got to have that conversation. It is an earn a buck, is it earn a bonus buck something. The 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 days of of when we wanted to harvest more deer, we added days to the to the season and we added deer to the bag. The average bag limit across the state right now is 3. 1.3 deer the successful hunt. so bag limit is dead. Now there are some there are some nuances when you go from two to three, that does change things a little bit. But but three to six, three to five, it, it it changes nothing. And adding days of the season, all that simply does is give folks more opportunity to delay their harvest. And and this this interest in harvesting a mature buck. I don't slight a soul for that. I really don't, but but that is taking away from the chores if you will of 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 managing the deer herd which which involves shooting animals deer so that that's just one illustration but shorter seasons you know less is less is the new more maybe iowa other states are, they they have party hunting okay you got three people you got six permits um in your pocket between the three guys you have an opportunity to take four you take four you put you know you, you put andrews tags on 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 two that you don't have tags for right so so things things that are non-traditional that some States are using, but, but this idea that, that we've got to walk back excessive bag limits. We we've got to quit throwing things at, um, you know, at, at the wall. Cause we know they're not going to stick. We've got to try some different things and experiment with some different things. And maybe those are incentives with, with additional bucks and, and, and things of that nature. But, um, I don't want to belabor that point, but there, there are plenty of other, um, uh, there are plenty of other ideas. Uh, that we we could explore um, and, and one of those you know would be an early and one of the things guys and maybe you can you can you can speak to this from your own personal experience I, I had a wonderful meeting with some some folks um, this past winter and, and and this is where this is how things evolve this is how deer management in my mind has to evolve you you've got we experimented with experimented with animals only seasons and they were a dud but but that was back 15 years ago. Right, guys were like, "There's no way I'm going to hunt that season because what if I see the buck of a lifetime?" Right, I'm only I I, I, I don't want to take that chance. But now these annual only seasons, to me, are maybe a bit more appealing and need to be revisited because I had a guy tell me that the, he said, "There's no way I'm going to crack a matchstick um, and and have." you know, risk moving my buck onto my neighbor's property. But if the rules to go out to shoot an antler deer for you, but if the rules were, if we had antlers only seasons and I knew everybody that we had a level playing field and I didn't have to worry about my buck temporarily moving off my place as I'm out hunting antler deer. then bam, I'm out there. I'll, I'll stack them up like cordwood for you. So it's this idea, Paul, that, that, it, it's got to. We've got to move outside of our comfort zone and into something that that looks a little different than what we've done in the past. And I understand it's hard. That's 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 difficult for agency administrators. That's difficult for hunters to embrace. But but I I'm not giving up until I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Andrew, is
0: our is our meeting going to end in four minutes and forty seconds?
1: Yeah, I don't know why. Just hang with me. I'm gonna, I have an account and I pay for it, so I don't know if I somehow signed up through a different thing. I'm going to try to switch accounts, so I don't mean to. Let me see if I can do this real quick and not interrupt the meeting. See what happens. it's for sure going to shut off. If it does, I will email it back.
0: <laughs> Mike, why? Why we've got some some time here. I've yeah. got this. Um, why is it? We have this book that I bought at half price books and it's called the, the new hunters encyclopedia. And it is like the internet before the internet. Look how thick that thing is.
2: Nice. Wow.
0: So I bought it. I bought it like probably two years ago. And in the the book, this is for the 1966 hunting season. So all of the information is from the 1965 hunting season. And so it goes through, I'll, I'll bring it tonight. I'll let you look at it. I, I think you'll love it, but it's got, all of the different methods of hunting, all of the, you know, the tackle, as you say, um, you know, that was popular during 1965, uh, you know, different, different hunting methods. And then it's got, it's got a really neat. Each state has, um, like a little breakdown and it, there's not a ton of there. There is some harvest data in here. There's not, some of the States have it. We didn't submit any, Whoever your colleague or your your your, your predecessor I guess was in 1965 didn't really submit much information. So Ohio is one of the smaller um, sections. What take it take a stab? What do you think the number one game animal in 1965 was in the state
2: of Ohio? That that's super easy. Squirrels. Yeah. Squirrels.
0: Yeah. This this says rabbit. It says rabbit. The most popular game animal is common everywhere uh, in the state. Uh, about they said that that five hundred thousand are killed annually. Wow, this was Ohio. Oh, excuse me, sorry, sorry, pheasant. Sorry, pheasant was the most popular game bird. They're distributed throughout the state on agricultural lands. About five hundred thousand are killed annually. Rabbit, the most popular game animal, is common everywhere in the southern parts of Ohio, and then squirrel are, are found in, in all wooded areas. So, yeah, squirrel and rabbit yeah. were the, yeah. the most popular Small game state. Yeah, absolutely. And it's 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 funny. It talks about. Um, deer hunting so there's you know there's maybe just say 20 paragraphs to this uh deer hunting
2: is two sentences in this entire yeah.
0: <laughs> entire yeah thing. it
2: it it mind-boggling mind-boggling to it, to think about to think about that
0: we're gonna i i, I want to stay in this book mike and and i i, I want to we're gonna we're gonna do we're gonna play radio right we're gonna kind of circle back because your statement's something different that stuck with me um and you we just we just talked about You know rabbits and squirrels and pheasants the most popular game animals in the state of ohio right you know if you look at ohio now i mean we i'd say we're probably top five big buck states in the country right i mean that's if we're not top five we're top seven easy i mean we are a destination state for deer hunters across the country and it's it's funny you see how how conservation and policy and regulation and hunting, you know, philosophy and people—how how how it it evolves—and and I mean, we're talking a stark contrast from 1965. Obviously, everything in the, in the in the world is different, but um, it's just it's just neat how you know is is hunters is conservationists, is is and and is a is a is a manager of of wildlife uh, you know entrusted and, and in the state, Mike. How we're at that kind of kind of that shift, and it's almost like another mentality shift. Psychologically, socio. What sort I'm looking here? Socially, you know, the, the, is hunters that you know we need to, to to kind of change the way that we do things and the way that we think about things in in this state, and that's scary for a lot of people. You're talking about party hunting. You're talking about you know an additional shotgun season. I mean, that's that's big changes.
2: Yeah, you know, Paul. That's uh, I I've. I'm, I'm very quick to point out. You know, I I I, I want folks to know that there, there is no criticism uh, at all um, uh, of where we are. It, 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 in my mind, it's a natural. As you so correctly put it, I mean, it's a it's a natural progression. It's it's funny that we wouldn't have thought that we would be here someday. You know, that 1965, we we should have planned on this day coming. Um, but you know, the hunters in Ohio have been have been amazing. Uh, you know, in terms of their their willingness to to adapt to regulation changes, their willingness to shoot antlerless deer. We we've gone so what where we're at now, in my mind is in, in many minds I think of 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 the hunting public out there is what we've worked hard to get to. Right, this is utopia. This is you know three and a half year old bucks, thirty five percent of our harvest, three and a half years and older. Uh, back in nineteen ninety five when I started, you know sixty five percent of our 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 deer that we were killing were a year and a half old bucks. So so we've gone from seeing a deer track to, and hunters hanging in with us and having hundreds of thousands of hunters to, to having limited opportunity to, you know, two days of either sex during our gun season, the rest of it's buck only, to, okay, now we've got an extra antlers tag maybe available for a few counties, to a bag limit of 18, to now we have got an excess of deer in many places that we're hunting. So so what, what, what I think a lot of our hunters are looking for is that in order to get that challenge out of the hunt, the thing that got them into the, the hunt is, I've got to go for the deer, that's least abundant in, in the woods. And of course that's the mature buck and I'm gonna try and harvest it with with, with a the, the most primitive and that, I use that in quotes, the most primitive uh, implement out there, right? And that's archery tackle. So we should have anticipated this day that, that we're going to get to the point where um, now, of course, the access thing, that's, that's obviously changed things. The disease things has obviously changed things. The baiting thing has obviously changed things. So there's a lot of things that we could not have anticipated. But, but I think what we're seeing and where we're at is this idea that, you know, I've done this all before. I've, I've helped you guys get us to this point. I've killed six deer when you asked me to kill six deer. Now I'm enjoying my time in the woods, you know, pursuing these, these mature bucks. Um, and, and so hats off to them. You know, you, you, you hung in there with us. But the reality is is that and this is you know this is on us i think is maybe most folks don't know that we're having this conversation that you know what we're we're in a difficult spot we can't continue to focus on those antler deer without being mindful of, of maintenance right maintenance is is that antler's harvest and so i guess we we have to we we are at a turning point and and folks need to hear that we are at a turning point that we have to change the way great focus on that buck but you've got to continue to deliver analyst steer to that processor otherwise those bucks are going to be a thing of the past and we'll be telling a different story in 20 years yeah i'm going to just last thing from this book i think you you just kind of touched on it real briefly there
0: was you know the the access issue that the people have when we talk about public lands and so this is in the state conservation section here in ohio from from 1960 66 uh, Ohio is engaged in an accelerated effort to acquire hunting and state forest lands before they engulfed before they are engulfed by spreading. Industrial and residential development this is This is the number that I want you to listen to here The division has more than you ready for this 10,000 acres in wildlife area 10,000 that was the Number that, that you guys were hanging yeah. your hat on 10,000 acres in yeah. wildlife Area uh, and an additional Size acres under lease uh, in addition There are 160,000 acres of state forests that are Open to public hunting so that's probably I would imagine The experimental forest down in Benton County you know, Raccoon ecological management area Waterloo those are probably Included yeah. in that I mean you talk about I mean, you know, as as an agency, as a division, and we had we had Director Mertz on just a couple of weeks ago. We did a really phenomenal interview with her, and that was one of the things that she talked about is at the forefront of the agency's mission and and goal is to acquire more land for access. So, God, man, we've come a long way. Yeah, long way. Yeah, yeah, we sure have. So, now let's uh, let's let's talk any 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 rule changes that that have
2: popped up uh, in in the last. 8 months since the yeah, end of- paul um nothing is uh nothing is immediately coming to mind thinking about the show this morning i thought about that um it, it's quite a year as far as reg changes go with the exception of you know bag some adjustments um it, things things are fairly stable which is i think good news for hunters right it, yeah it, so yeah we're we're good there i don't think there's a lot of things that folks i don't think there's anything that folks need to necessarily worry about obviously be mindful of the laws that that were in place last year because i'm sure they're all there this year but we haven't we haven't made it more difficult for you we we (laughs) clear you clarified
0: some controlled hunt regulations yep cleaned up cleaned up some of that yeah that was that was good happy to see that yeah happy happy to see that um Months what else you got man you're the, you're the deer hunter here Oh, because my if you leave
1: it up to me we're going to talk about we're I talk about turkey i <laughs> No I'm just thinking so last year about this time one of the things I've written down here we I think specifically talked about the city of Worthington coming to you for some help on their their urban deer problems and we kind of you talked about Cambridge Athens these earlier have have some of these municipalities gotten any further along um, in a plan for that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, how to invite hunters. I I know one nearby me that, you know, they, they offer that opportunity, um, because it's obviously an issue, but I could see how these urban areas are only going to get worse. Um, as, as things progress and, and they're, they're in sanctuaries, right? All these, these cities and these little neighborhoods and, you know, they find a fence line and and just lay down in these little wood patch. I mean, they're you're never going to get rid of that problem if they don't come up with some kind of real management plan
2: yeah guys you talk about um yeah that andrew to speak specifically to that question none of the towns that you mentioned there have have made any forward progress um gary comer our our, uh, district wildlife management supervisor there in central ohio has attended a number of meetings um uh in central ohio folks are continuing to talk about it um but they haven't moved off of dead center yet um in terms of in terms of addressing the issue and it, it is um you know there's there's that there's that there's that uh exponential growth where things start out really slow and i, I think we're finally getting to that part point on the curve where things are starting to take off because it's the summer has has been off the charts in terms of the number of folks reaching out jeff westerfield in northeast ohio continues to add you know cities, municipalities to the list of folks folks that he's working with in terms of trying to get hunting programs set up. But, you know, as I explained, as I explained to uh, this gal from uh, Cambridge uh, the other day, uh, back and this, back to this harvest saturation guys that we talked about, you know, we can set up a hunting program in Cambridge. Um, and if we don't, of course, force people to shoot antlerless deer first, you know, they know what's going, any, any savvy hunter knows that those sanctuaries, the great word, Andrew, right? And so sanctuary equals old age equals mature bucks equals wall hangers. So um, it, unless we force them, you know, to shoot animals deer, which is a, a, not a very popular topic um, at the end of the day, if they shoot deer there, um, they're not going to salt fork to hunt. They're not going to go to Adams County. You know? So in other words, there's a finite number of deer that our hunters are willing to kill creating up more opportunities by opening up these, these backyards and these city parks that's just stealing that's just stealing robbing from peter to pay paul uh quite honestly and, and until we find you know incentive um that that is going to lead to a, a non-traditional again there there are there are states there are people um that are talking about you know a limited commercial venison market i mean i know that's that's so far out there it seems you know like a concept that could never be right i mean that's that's how we got where we were today, um, you know, by eliminating that. Right. So so bringing something back like that is crazy. But but there has to be some incentive uh, for people to take more deer. I mean, and it's not just going to be um, do us a favor and take more deer, be, be a steward, be a conservationist. That that's simply going to fall short. So
1: I'm there's a couple things here. I don't want to get too political. Uh, I think politics does come into some of this. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick on Worthington a little bit because that's where my office is. If you told me that I could go to work, sit in my office, and when the whistle blows, go climb into a tree in Worthington, I'm going to do that. Now, I'm probably still going to take my three or four deer outside of the city limits, but that would be an unbelievable opportunity. I've seen the giants in there. I've, I was driving through the other day. It was noon. There's a doe just feeding in somebody's front yard on their on their arborvitaes like they have a problem i would be willing to help i wouldn't necessarily change my uh, my and i'm speaking personally like my outside hunting out into the rural areas i'm still going to do that because that's a whole different experience i i from what I look at and some, some of these bigger municipalities when it talking politically and Paul and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, how hunting acceptance or whatever it is within nationally is kind of gotten, you know, it's going the wrong direction um, from, from our perspective. When you get into some of these, these areas, do they just think it's going to be, you know, arrows and bullets flying all over the place and dead deer laying in people's front yards? I mean, but they're also going to be the same ones that, you know, complain that their thousands and thousands tens of thousands of dollars in landscape just got demolished overnight by these deer like somebody we've got to find a um a happy medium um on that and i think it's it's got to be there because okay now i'm just gonna just granville where denison university is has a a program set up uh that it's no it's no secret you drive through there during election season it it's tends to favor the left right more on that that end of you know all that kind of stuff but they have a an opportunity where you can come in you got to prove that you can shoot you have to find the properties you have to do all this stuff and they will give you some type of archery permit within you know in city limits where you can hunt um hunt these deer because they have it under they understand that they have a problem and it's not really a red or blue issue it's a biological issue. So I don't understand why some of these other places like Worthington can't, can't come to grips and figure that out. Sorry. I just yeah. went to the a soapbox and I apologize.
2: No, that's okay. Uh, that's okay. And and, it, and it's hard not to, to mention the P word when you're, when you're talking about this, right? Cause this, this it, it it is political. I mean, there's, there's, there's no ifs, ands or buts about it. Most everything in this world is political when you get right down to it. But, but I think um, so interestingly enough, I think that you mentioned acceptance. Um, and I think, I think we're seeing that, um, you know, it's still very, very high, which is, which is a good thing as it provided that of course the, uh, the deer are being used, um, as, as you would expect, you know, for consumption and not, not, not just, uh, harvested for their antlers, for instance. But, um, I, I think my gut tells me just looking at the number of municipalities in Northeast Ohio, um, I don't know what's holding central Ohio back you know, Gehanna used to have a program, Northeast Ohio continues to, continues to add more and more, which says to me that people are, are recognizing that, yeah, you know, I'm going to have to set aside my, um, my views on animal cruelty or hunting or this, that, and the other, because it's not safe to drive. Um, it's not, I can't grow. Um, I can't grow a garden. I can't do this. I can't do that. So I, I think it's just, a, it's a matter of time. And unfortunately, unfortunately, um, you know, perhaps, um, it, it's going to take an accident. It's going to take someone getting hurt before something will get done, and that—that—that's the unfortunate reality. Is that that oftentimes is the trigger that gets things done. Is that we get to a situation where, but I, I, I'm with you. I mean, I, I don't know. And again, here in Athens, I was actually quite pleased to, to finally see that the deer are getting people's attention because um, it's they've been getting my attention for a long time, and and, and we're getting to that point. I, like I said, I really envision us moving up that steep side of the curve now because. That curve because folks are are we're, we're seeing just just enormous numbers of deer i mean they're replacing squirrels i mean in in many places you know it wow. just where you where you typically see a squirrel scan you know scrambling down the road it's it's a deer at, at noon as you said so a lot of work to be done there i mean just 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 a ton of work to be done there and and fertility control is, is certainly not the not the answer i mean it, we're, we're experimenting with that we've got a couple projects one in south euclid and one in you know one in the cincinnati area um where we're looking at non lethal control in cincinnati and we're combining non lethal with um with lethal methods in, in in northeast ohio but but still that's so labor intensive i mean it, it's just it, it it's not it's still not practical and very expensive yep yeah
1: all right so i'm going to change one one other random thought while we got you on here um listening to some of these different states right uh the midwest to me i'm going to i'm going to pick on iowa Because that's kind of like the deer mecca where if you can pull that, if you can draw that tag, you know, you've got everybody talks. It sounds like, you know, there's just 180 inch deer walking around everywhere and you're going to have this massive hunt of a lifetime. And I hear people critique not Ohio as much. Some of like the other states, maybe Michigan and some of them on on their policies. You know, they have multiple buck states and stuff. I can't wrap my head around why iowa is this like coveted draw tag versus why we are like we just need to take as many deer as we can uh in order to balance our population out like don't those seem opposite in in the the realm of you got one that it's really really hard to get seven years or whatever to draw and then ours it's like come on and we're not i I can't imagine geographically we look i've never been to iowa but we look that much different i mean they got a lot ag out there but so do we and yeah. um I don't, I don't quite understand why that's so different.
2: I think at the end of the day, here's, it comes down to, it comes down to deer numbers. They do have a lot more ag, which supports a lot fewer deer, right? I mean, the cornfields are only temporary deer habitat. I think that's, that's probably the key difference there is it simply, um, because they're, they're, you know, they're, while they struggle in, in pockets, um, with with overabundant deer populations and probably those are that are associated with more urban centers and, and suburban centers, um, they're, they're doing well with their herd and 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 are able to you know even limit landowners in the state of Iowa. Even landowners can't can't get um, property owners can't get tags every year. So you, you you've nailed that, um, and it it would seem, and this speaks to the the same issue that we just we just left and this idea of deer being adaptable in, in a state with 11 million people. And we've got the deer issues that we've got, um, you know, the harvest numbers that we that we're that we're posting up every single year, which is which is mind-boggling. But but that speaks to the adaptability of, of that white-tailed deer that we all love so much. Um, unfortunately for them, and, and and I guess maybe to an extent us, um, they are an incredibly adaptable creature. As you mentioned earlier on, you know, you find a fence row with 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 a uh, you know with a barberry and a, and a and a holly and and maybe a couple boxwoods, and man, you blend in. You're there, hunkered down until the sun goes down or or not um, and you that's home that's habitat and, and they're doing well there. so so that's you know that's part of it is that we we have just a lot more places that we can put deer uh, even though we've got 11 million residents, I don't know what Iowa's population is I'm sure it's not nearly 11 million, but
1: seven we've got 11 it's seven it?
2: seven people okay seven people seven there. people <laughs> so anyway uh, I I'd say that's where we're at. gotcha.
1: Well, I think this is a good place to, to wrap up, uh, Mike. We appreciate your your insight as always, and I'm We'll, we'll do a end of the year. If anything pops up, we'll we'll touch base with you. Um, do you have any final notes? I mean, I, what I've taken from this is that we need to harvest another doe, right? And I think we've always or at least one more. Uh, get out there, get those does. My my, I'm on the, I'm on the bandwagon of get them early. Okay, because, you know, get it out of the way, get your your shakes out of the way, all kinds of stuff for for when the moment comes. And if you don't want that meat, there are groups like farmers and hunters feeding the hungry that will take that and they will do something positive with it. You know, you have to field dress it and drag it out of the woods and take it to the butcher. That's all you got to do. So help the herd, the the capacity that we have. uh, Help the health of all the deer and help families that need it along the way.
2: Um, Yeah is there anything else that you can, you can think of that? Two thoughts. Okay. Yeah. Two thoughts. If I, if I may, just to close up with, if we have looks like five four minutes, um, I, I don't want to be Nancy negative, but I, I do want to uh, just because it's incredibly hot off the press and very timely. And you mentioned it um, farmers hunters feeding the hungry. I've been working with Josh Wilson over in Maryland, who's the executive director. Um, <clears throat> and, and, and the long and short of it is, uh, we're losing processors that are cooperating, that are FHFH cooperators. Um, and I don't want, we can talk about that maybe another time, but, but the long and short of it is, and this is, this is just fresh yesterday, um, the, he sent the survey to, um, I think he sent 50 surveys out. These, are, these are, are going to be Ohio cooperators. These aren't processors. These are people that organize the processors around the state, right? And he asked them to ask the people that they work with, why are you, you know, we're seeing a decrease. Are you seeing that in your area? And if so, why? Um, and and the 60 percent of the of the people that responded said yes we're seeing fewer and fewer processors available for fhfh donations and a lot of the reason unfortunately is that people are they're getting out of deer completely now we don't know some are retired some are getting out of deer to focus on cattle and livestock but the, the point is and I, the reason why i mentioned that is that that's another critical issue that needs to be addressed as well is that that opportunity is not even there so we can't even send these people that want to take another deer to these places because we're losing those places. Another subject, another talk. Um, the final thing I wanted to mention, sort of a, a public service announcement, if you will, is just 3,600 3, hunters have already responded to a survey that we sent out. It's legit. There's more coming via mail and, and those that have not responded uh, via email or, or, or the web that have, have been asked to, please, please, um, we use that to set goals. For the next three to five years, we're, next week, we're going to mail um, probably 15,000 surveys to Ohio uh, production landowners, i.e. farmers, basically asking a lot of the same questions. So these are legit surveys. Please take a minute. If you care about managing deer in Ohio, um, take a minute to, to to get that done or encourage you know one of your friends, whoever gets that those are legit surveys. We really, it's different from the annual survey that we send out to hunters at the end of the season. This is done once every three to five years. So pretty important. Um, In terms of taking another deer. Yes. But, 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 but start having a conversation with folks about the importance. Let's just, you know, not one and done, but let's understand what's going on. Um, Ask questions, get engaged. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Mike, thanks for your time today. Thanks for for your, your, your time and all of your energies uh, and, and to,
2: all that you do uh, with the yeah. DNR, so I appreciate you're, you're it. You're very welcome, guys. I appreciate you guys having us on. Oh, thank you, pleasure. Yep.